It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, October 3rd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that wants to wish my amazing co-host a very happy birthday. Happy Uh, birthday, Russ. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, let's get the show going. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to talk about the latest Flyers news from training camp and the cuts. We're going to recap the two games against the Bruins and Isles for this preseason. And then it's Monday, so we'll have our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, we got the first big cuts of camp on Friday, which we assumed would happen right after we recorded our episode for the day. And sure enough, it did. Uh, So they've now set up Phantoms camp and then they divided the groups basically into the main roster and bubble players and then the Phantoms and the other one for those couple of practices split it differently over the course of the weekend. But it was kind of clear where everybody stood based Mm -hmm. on that set of cuts and um, some interesting things came out of it. First off, they had to put Isaac Radcliffe and Lena Sandine through waivers. They both cleared, which was a very good thing. I think obviously we were more nervous about Isaac Radcliffe. Yeah. But um, I think them being in the huge batch of players going through waivers on that day where a lot of teams made cuts, I think like everybody got through. So it helped. Yeah. Yeah. It helped. Uh, and that's fine. I mean, I didn't think he was going to make the team, although I'll say I don't think he had much of a chance either. He wasn't really giving great opportunities, but at least he's still in, in, on the team. I, I think this is a guy still worthy of holding on to. You know, there's so many smarmy um, Flyers fans out there now who are just angry and they're like, oh, look, see, everybody's worried about losing Ratcliffe and nobody wants him. But it's not because nobody wants him. It's because of what you just said. I mean, there is mm-hmm. some talent there. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, the other thing is, was that Zach McEwen was not in that top group for Friday, but was in the game Saturday. So I was just like, what does it mean here? Is is he being challenged? or He's was being it just challenged. An, yeah, but I also thought it was kind of a numbers game in terms of them wanting to get a good look at some of the bubble guys yeah, sure. on Saturday, and there just wasn't room for him there as well. No, I agree. I think it's a, a combination of both. Uh, though I'll say, I don't think Zach's a guarantee to make this team. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all it takes is someone like Adam Brooks or something, you know, because they decide they want a center and he's, you know, probably not going to make the team. 
Yeah, I, I think there's a very good chance that he does not make the team because there's a lot going on with those bottom guys there. I do also want to talk about the goaltending situation because uh, Carter Hart continues to not be playing in games. He's practicing, which is good, but still very nerve wracking because there's only one preseason game left and he's got to get some action in before playing uh, if he's healthy enough. And if he's not, that is also a problem. Right, right. He To me, he's got to play Tuesday. I know things are getting close here. Uh, you need to see him for at least two periods, and he can get through that, and this way they know they have him healthy for the regular season. If not, then you do have to sort of start scouring for a goalie because, you know, they don't really have one that could start the season. Yeah, and, you know, Felix Sandstrom getting injured in that game against Boston. Uh, as of now, we don't have any particular update. They're still evaluating, I guess, at the moment. Uh, as of the Islanders game, that's the latest information we have. And so that's a giant question mark here, which could be a problem. Uh, Sam Erson did get the whole game on Sunday, though, which I think is a huge signal that they're considering him for that backup role. And especially with the injury uh, to Sandstrom, like he could really have to step up and they, they needed to see him play a complete game. Yeah. He's definitely in the mix. I mean, he played well and, but again, you don't mm -hmm. want to start your season with Sam Erson, just like you don't want to start your season really with Sandstrom. Uh, it's interesting. There's not, you know, a ton of guys out there that they can go get. So you really do have to cross your fingers and hope that heart is better. And, you know, I, I think ultimately he will be, but it just, just shows you how thin they are at this position. And again, Chuck Fletcher didn't do a lot to create a lot of depth here. He just, you know, he, he, he got a guy that has three NHL starts under his belt in, in Grossnick and everybody else who is has green. not impressed by the no, way. He hasn't impressed and everybody else is green and he could have done better than that for a backup, especially with Carter Hart's injury history. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the only I think strong candidate, and I'm kind of exaggerating there a little bit in terms of the goalies that were put on waivers is Malcolm Subban, right. who is like, I think the best of, of what's available in that group. But I just don't know that that is a is a good option for the Flyers at this point, even with everything. And it, the timing's unfortunate because if they're not going to really know what's going on with Sandstrom, they don't have an answer on Hart, but they have a limited time with waivers. Like it's it's just not really a, a good position for the Flyers to be in. Right. I did see the Rangers sent down Louis Domingue. Um, they did, and so he's better than Subban. Marginally, so if, if I would go, say. If you go that route. I mean, but he is. He, he's at least, I think, done better as an NHL starter. Mm -hmm. So if you had to go a route, that might be a route you go. Yeah. Uh, I do also want to talk about, you know, as we've been doing in this preseason, what are the questions the Flyers are trying to answer with their lineup choices, especially because on Saturday that was still the assistant coaches running the bench and Sunday we had John Tortorella behind the bench. So was, is there something we can read into who was playing in those two different games? And I, I think that 
there's a couple of things that stood out to me. The first of which is that on Saturday, they split up the cases and put them on different lines to see how they performed and then put them back together on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me is they put Noah Cates at center or, or torts did and Mm -hmm. frost on the wing and frost has done well at center. Mm -hmm. And so this is the, the one where it's kind of like, all right, I, again, I like Noah Cates at center, but apparently, you know, he didn't love playing the position. He says he'll play it. Um, that's, you know, the word I've always heard uh, the last year. But Frost is is really good at the position. And, yeah, you know, so my feeling is, why put Cates there? Frost is a little older. I would rather see Frost in center. And I just hope that they don't make Cates a center because, yes, he's having a great preseason. And this this also falls into the whole torts thing, like talking about Cam York saying, well, he's going to, you know, basically um, want him to be a now player. Like he's 21. You're, you're now asking a guy who's 21 to be a now player. That's not exactly the way you develop, but this is the way Tortorello is talking. And so uh, while Cates is a little older, still lacking a lot of NHL experience, I'd rather see Frost at center. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. I also was uh, interested in what are they doing with Brooks and Belpedio? Like, why are they still around and what are they trying to figure out with these two? Well, Belpedio is Minnesota wild guy. He's, he's done after tonight. I don't think he did anything and he didn't look particularly good. So I just think that's a wild favor. Um, So I think forget about Belpedio. Now Brooks, because they do have a shortage at center, and yeah. because Anisimov is still hurt, um, he could really tiptoe in here and take a job away from a younger player. And, you know, it seems like Torts is sort of liking him now, and he had a decent game. You know, he's 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 one of those guys that will tease you. He teased everybody on the Leafs. You know, he has a few good moments. But on this team, he probably can make this team. I don't know if that's the best thing for him, but uh, it does seem like it's possible. The other um, The other thing that really was evident in the Islander game is, you know, you have to be careful, I think, with the use of Cam York because his physical game is still not there. It's not where it's going to be in a year or two. And I still think you have to, you know, acknowledge that and acknowledge that he's not a top four defenseman. And you see when he's going up against the Islanders who, you know, played a fair amount of NHLers tonight, he was losing some of those battles. So I hope that they're smart and they play him on the third pairing and they don't try and force him into something else to start the season. Yeah, I thought he looked pretty solid, you know, with puck movement, especially Mm -hmm. when he was up there on the power play. But I I think you're right about the other aspects of his game. But we're going to continue to talk about those couple of preseason games and what we learned from them coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters, and that's why I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with the latest in security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Simply Safe's advanced technology is what I love the most. I can control the system from my phone with this app and can even watch an HD live stream from the security cameras or monitor the wide range, the wide variety of high-tech sensors in every room. 
there aren't even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So, continuing our discussion about the preseason games from over the weekend, I think the biggest problem uh, with alarm bells around it is the lack of the ability of the Flyers to score goals. Yeah. I think that, you know, obviously they haven't scored much. And when they do, like two of their preseason goals were five on three. Yeah. And so you got to read into that. They haven't really been able to score more than a goal in all of the preseason games except the first one. So, and they got shut out against Boston. So not really productive offensively. And I think that one of the things we were talking about is if your systems are in place, the way Torts does it, your defense is going to drive the offense and they just don't have their systems together yet because they're, they're still having breakout problems. Yes, and honestly, it's not the most talented defensive group offensively either. Uh, D'Angelo is very talented. Sandheim's pretty good at it. You know, York is okay at it right now. He's not where he's going to be either. Um, so to expect a lot of push from the blue line to get things activated isn't really going to be a great way to go here. Uh, in this particular game against the Islanders, what I noticed was uh, they pushed tip it around a lot. He got pushed around when he went to the crease. He fell down on the ice a lot. And I don't know if you noticed, but towards the end of the game, Salah was just shadowing him and he couldn't do anything. And yeah, this is a problem. I know he got three shots on goal, but maybe one was a quality chance. One of them he took way too long to wind up on. I mean, again, this is where I wish he would have gone to a shooting coach because even on the power play, you don't have time to wind up like that. You just don't unless it's completely open shot and nobody is within, you know, five feet of you. So, again, he has not scored in the preseason. So having a lot of guys, but he's getting an inordinate amount of time and he's not getting it done. And that's, a, you know, Torts is not going to give him as much rope as every other coach has as far as offensive chances and those kinds of opportunities. That's the thing. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. And you know, speaking of that defensive problem, I think Tony D'Angelo did play better than he did in his first game out. So maybe it's just going to take him some time. He did have a really in. dumb no-look pass for him, yeah. for, though. That was a bad I turnover. I don't know what that was about. He's got to reel that in. Yeah, he did have some of his offensive puck movement he did. more together than he did in that first game so hopefully he'll get there he's never going to get there defensively because that's not him but then at the same time you know for a team that's supposed to be playing tough you know and that's what the culture of this Flyers team is supposed to be they were out hit 27 to 15 Saturday yeah. uh, against Boston Risto who is that tough guy made some of the most obvious mistakes out there on the ice. And it was like garish. It wasn't even like mistakes that you can hide or that he tried to get back. They were just 
I, I think really, really lack of concentration, I think was a or problem. panic mistakes. I mean, I do yeah. think there's a little yeah. bit of panic that goes on at times um, with the flyers. Like when they played the Islanders, you know, they played exactly the way Torts does too, but you know, they're used to that and they're more conditioned for that. And you saw that there was times where Matt Barzell was just literally skating circles around guys and they couldn't touch them. Luckily, the Flyers' goaltending was good, so you know they it kept them in it. Um, and look, the Flyers had a good flurry at the end with the man advantage. That's fine. Uh, it was also against Jacob Skarrick, so you would hope that they could score one against him. And they didn't. Um, but you know, in the end, I noticed that the second period, while you know all the goals were scored there, um, the Flyers did have a dip in energy and. In the third period, even though the Flyers did eventually outshoot the team, you know, the Islanders, in the third period, my issue was um, the Islanders were pretty much in control of the puck most of the time until it got a little scrambly at the end. But but they really kind of knew what they were doing and how to do it and weren't really that worried about it. Yeah, and especially the Islanders also having Anders Lee out there helped yes. a, a lot. I thought he was he had a pretty good game he did. Uh, himself. So uh, it was lopsided to some degree, but I I do question this strategy that we've been talking about in terms of all the extra conditioning work are wearing these guys out. So is their play effective enough? in terms of really getting a sense of how these guys play versus, you know, it, like, is, is this the right way to go for the Flyers, right? Like, are, are we wasting this preseason in a sense because they're just all too exhausted? There's something to this preseason that just doesn't feel right. I mean, when you mm-hmm. watch them against these other teams, they, the other teams just seem better off, better off conditioned, better, just a little crisper, just, and I do wonder. Yeah, I, I'm just really nervous about everything because I feel like there are still so many questions out there that we're trying to answer and we don't have those answers because we really don't know what's going on with some of these guys. And, uh, I, I, you know, I think that even amongst that, we do have some bright spots. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. Noah Cates has. Yeah, Cates is great great and again frost is frost playing looks well. really good yeah whatever they're asking him to do he's doing pretty well his play away and, from the puck is very good mm-hmm. and then it's just been nice that ollie lixel hasn't really dropped off he's just continued to play like quiet but solid hockey and like really making good decisions out there he's, you know what him, it's ollie lixel is he's better... just heads up yeah, he's better version than Max Wilman. Like Max Wilman used to kind of fill a void, but Lixel could fill the same void, but create some offense too. I, I thought uh, Tyson Forster was out there a lot on Sunday, and it felt like sort of a last hurrah for mm-hmm. him in terms of is he going to get a shot with this team? And I would say that he, in the third period, when the Flyers picked it up a little bit, he was part of that. Yeah. Um, when it got scrambly, um, but I don't think he made the most of the minutes that he got. No, unfortunately, he probably didn't. Uh, he he did look pretty good though, but I do feel like he's going to get sent down. Yeah. Uh, as far as the vets go, again, Saturday against Boston was just kind of dreadful. Like, yeah, 
nobody was really stepping up there. And especially when you have guys like JVR out there, Kevin Hayes out there, who really should have sort of carried that team. You would think Kevin Hayes could bump it up a notch when he plays in Boston. And it just kind of wasn't there. And then, you know, we talked about Ristolainen already. So Sanheim Risto was like the main defensive pair uh, that was there. And I, I just felt like it, they were flat again, which was of concern. And then I thought Scott Lawton was pretty flat on Sunday as well. Yeah, like he was. really should have taken over that game in a lot of ways and did not. No. And it just shows how he, um, he is like a, an extra piece for the Flyers. He needs help on his lines, uh, veteran help to kind of get him going too. He doesn't create a lot by himself. And I think that's what he probably showed to his coach. But the part that you said that sort of alarms me is, um, and it's not a big worry that you don't win preseason games. It is a big worry that you only get a goal a game. That's a big worry. But the other worry is because of the way they've done this preseason, we don't feel like they're sharp. We don't feel like they're crisp. Why do I feel like this could take a week into the season until we start seeing the team we're supposed to see? Yeah, it's a, it's a real challenge, especially because they only have that one more preseason game, like we mentioned, and then they're off for eight days in between the preseason and their, their first regular season game. And so, you know, are they going to come into that opener against the New Jersey Devils sharp at all and i doubt that tremendously based on how they've been treating the preseason now versus you know what this gap is gonna do yeah i'm kind of worried about that devil's game just kind of seeing them um looking very skilled and taking advantage of some things and maybe the flyers trying to be physical as a result like to me has nick delorier looked like anything no not at all all right, we are going to talk about our nemesis of the week. Seems like we have a lot of things to choose from coming up next. All right, if you are newer to Locked On Flyers, every Monday we look at the world of the Flyers and the NHL and say, what is bothering us the most or what makes us the most nervous about this upcoming week? That is our nemesis of the week. And last week we talked a lot about John Tortorella's training camp as our nemesis and kind of what it was doing to the players and just feeling secondhand exhaustion for them watching the bag skates and all of that. And I think, you know, for me, the nemesis this week are who are the final cuts going to be and the goaltending question. I think those are the two big issues for the Flyers going into this week. And I think the goaltending question has me a little bit more nervous than the cuts because those kind of are what they are and the, the players are who they are. We, we kind of know where they're heading with it. There might be a surprise, but I think, you know, what happens with the injuries and who is going to be in net on October 13th, I couldn't even tell you. No. And that's really distressing. That's, that's definitely the nemesis for, for me this week too, is what are they going to do about it? Is Chuck going to react quickly with it? Like that's the issue is Chuck didn't do so good in the off season, you know, picking a potential backup. Even if you thought Sandstrom was going to make it, um, there was a point where you knew Fedotov wasn't going to get here 
And again, there was never a guarantee he was going to be the guy. So then you did need to get somebody. It was incumbent upon the GM to get somebody with real NHL experience. And he didn't do that. No, Grosnick was not it. <laughs> like, no. just like that is the signing I think that was the most surprising to me because he's not Pat Nagel, right? He's not the right. guy that's going to be the AHL goaltender there. That we have that in Pat right. Nagel. And, and right. then whoever doesn't make the team is your, who's a prospect, is your other Phantoms goaltender. And we've talked about that ad nauseum. And I just feel like while Chuck seemed to have a plan and options, it's not a good plan and it hasn't worked out thus far. And as we know with Chuck Fletcher, his plan B's are just never good. They're not plan B's are never good. Just imagine going into that devil's game. If Troy Grosnick was your goalie somehow, what, how would that game look? Oh God. I don't even want to think about that. It's like, not like he's the worst goaltender ever, but it's been very clear in this preseason that he makes us the most nervous, right? right. That his rebound control isn't there. And I, I feel like he's missed it. Like when there's traffic in front of him, he has a problem. Yeah. I just feel like he's rusty. I just don't think he's mm -hmm. played enough at, at, at a top kind of level. And I, I, that's why I worry about, you know, actually having to use him. I mean, again, if he were the true backup, right. Um, they wouldn't have had Urson play a full game. They probably would have had him Correct. play a full game and say, all right, let's see if he could do this because just in case Carter can't make it. And they didn't do that. No, I, I just feel like they have it in their heads that Carter Hart's going to be fine. Right. And that's, uh, that's their plan. So. Yep. yep. They're sticking to it. We'll see how that goes. Uh, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. It's not really the Flyers fun thing, but uh, we have another new mascot in the NHL. We <laughs> haven't had one of those since Gritty, I think, uh, was revealed. The Seattle Kraken uh, decided to add a mascot in their second season, uh, Bowie the Troll. And uh, I think... I feel like there's some sort of kinship here with Gritty and that people were very confused and very alarmed by it at first. But I feel like it's a mascot that Seattle will embrace and defend much in the same way. And I feel like they could wreak havoc together, like instead of mm -hmm. being put up against each other. You know, in terms of who's what do you mean? Better? Like they could both torment Dave Haxtall? Is that what you're yeah? They at? could they could torment a lot of people together. I think they it could, would be but fun. this this mascot is even uglier than Gritty. Like it's just, I guess there's no good looking troll, but I think they tried to sort of make it half cute, half trollish, and and it just it's got a very bizarre look. Like when they were when when Bowie was kind of being led down the ice with the wires, mm -hmm. it was kind of freaky like it was almost like a bat coming out of a, a bell tower like i just it was unnerving i i didn't like it i i i don't really even want to see buoy in public to be honest yeah i think it has a little bit of an anime influence to the design yeah so um which you know i like that but yeah i just think it's one of those things where it's gonna like get more and more affection over time so we'll, and you know we'll see, and, you, and you know it's going to be like 
Baba Booey all over the place with the Howard Stern oh, no. show and <laughs> and now having a mascot. You know that's gonna something's gonna happen with that at some point. So I just figured I'd mention it now. Get it out of the all way. All right. All right. That'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow with all the latest Flyers news from training camp. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. And Anna is not on Twitter, but she's on Instagram sometimes. (laughs) My cat. Always like a cat appearance or dog appearance on the podcast. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. So stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked on NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day. And once again, happy birthday, Russ. Thank you.